Hello, and welcome to The Budget Mouse, a podcast that will help you plan an incredible Walt Disney World vacation, even if you're on a shoestring budget. I'm Leah Altheiser, the creator of the websites The Budget Mouse and The Frugal South. I visit Disney World many times each year and have tons of tricks for doing Disney on the cheap. I want you to have the incredible vacation you deserve, so I'm sharing all of my tricks with you on my sites and here in the podcast. I'm so glad you're here, and let's dive in. Hello again. I returned from Walt Disney World a few days ago, and I wanted to share this trip report with you. My kind of theme for the trip was low cost, fun things to do to add on to your Disney World vacation to plus it as you will. I'm going to start at the beginning of the trip and kind of share with you all my money saving strategies and descriptions of these extra things that we did. So we were there for four nights and five days. We arrived the Saturday after Thanksgiving and left Wednesday, and I was really mindful of the crowds those first two to three days because I knew people would be there after Thanksgiving, and then they would trickle off and head back home. So I really didn't know what to expect in terms of crowds. I knew that that Saturday would be busy, so we avoided the theme parks that day. For That's just one of the reasons, but... I'll tell you overall kind of what we did on the trip first. I had booked an Animal Kingdom Lodge one-bedroom villa at Jumbo House like eight months ago for the last three nights of the trip, and I didn't even think about that we were arriving on the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend. That's the busiest travel day of the entire year. So <laughs> decided to add on a night before so that we wouldn't have to travel on that Sunday. And our travel on Saturday went really smoothly. There were more people in the airport than normal, but we didn't have any delays or any trouble getting around. So was, I'm glad that we did that. Um, I rented points for these the stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge, and I linked it in the show notes to my post about renting Disney Vacation Club points, if you don't know what I'm talking about. I paid about $500 a night, but that was for a full villa. We had a full kitchen, living room, dining room table, which we used a lot, um, a bedroom with a king bed, bathroom, etc. So in my, in my world, the value was pretty good. Now, the first night that I added on, we were going to stay at Caribbean Beach and take the Skyliner to Hollywood Studios because that was the only park we weren't going to on the other days. However, it was going to be an extra $500 to add that day to our park tickets, plus Lightning Lane Access and Genie Plus. And we weren't getting there until around 3 p.m. the afternoon. And I said, that is crazy talk. I am not doing that. There's got to be something else to do that is just as much fun. And I think we did have success with that. So I decided then to stay the first night at the Swan, for a couple of reasons. The price can't be beat for the proximity to Walt Disney World. I paid about $200 for that night. I booked it as a mystery hotel on Priceline, which I often do with the Swan and Dolphin. I have also linked in the show notes to my post about how to do that, how to book Disney World hotels on Priceline, and particularly how to find the Swan and Dolphin as mystery hotels because they're always on there. So I also wanted the proximity to the beach club and boardwalk because there were there's a lot of things to do there, lots of low cost fun. And my partner, Andy, loves Beaches and Cream so much. We had to go there the first day because it's like the number one thing to do. So for all of those reasons, oh, and we're going to Epcot the next morning. So easy access to Epcot the next morning. It just made sense to stay at the Swamp. Once we arrived, we went to Beaches and Cream first. Now, 
Reservations for Beaches and Cream are super hard to get. If you don't know what it is, it's like a soda shop, ice cream shop, but they also have meals, they have burgers and such. So it is technically a table service restaurant. Reservations are really hard to get. However, there's almost always availability just walking up to it. And so that is what we did, uh, just walked up. Now, when you check in, if you're a walk-up person, it will tell you how long to wait. And I believe it said 40 or 50 minutes. It didn't end up being that long. Um, Beaches and Cream is great. Gigantic Sundays. If you've never been, uh, they're really good. I have to plug the No Way Jose. Mm, something about Beaches and Cream is that it accepts Disney Visa discount. So with the Disney Rewards Visa, you get a 10% discount at many dining locations throughout Walt Disney World, 20% discount at all the Joffrey's locations in the theme parks, and other discounts so I'm going to mention those in a minute, but I used the Disney Visa discount there. Um, and then something we wanted to try that night that I had never done at Walt Disney World was miniature golf. In all of my years of going, I have never done miniature golf there. And there happens to be a course directly behind the swan where we were staying. So we just followed a path past the pool and then across the street. And we were right there at Fantasia Gardens. And um, the experience there was memorable. (laughs) We went up and it was about... I don't know. It wasn't very late in the day, maybe five. So we go up there and they have a sign out front and it says the wait is 60 minutes to do the miniature golf. And I was like, Ooh, I did not think about that. That's a really long wait. So we talked about it. We went up in line and I was like, Hey, I've never been here before. Do I have to pay ahead of time and then wait? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, Ugh, I don't like that because what if we pay and then it's over an hour and we're just fed up and we just want to leave? Because it's $19 a person and uh, something I would probably walk away from if I just got sick of waiting. Um, and he said, yeah, you have to wait. So I said, okay, we're going to regroup and then make a decision. So we decided, it wasn't unanimous, but I <laughs> decided to, to wait. So I go up and we're like, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to wait. And he said, okay, what's your name? And then I'll put you on the list. And he said, okay, it's all taken care of. It's on Mickey. And I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> So, I mean, that's one way to make me happy to make me not pay. So we went and waited and it was 35 minutes till they called our name. It wasn't even close to an hour. So the miniature golf course is amazing. 18 holes. Um, they're like a part three, most of them. It's I hadn't done miniature golf since I was a kid, but this is like Disney miniature golf on steroids, right? This is like with music, um, lots of moving features, a story, poems you read as you go through, and it's based on the movie Fantasia. I mean, it was excellent. So even if I had to pay the $19 a person, I think is a great low cost way to plus your vacation. And I liked it a lot. I'll tell you what, beaches and cream and miniature golf and then hanging at the resort was about... um, $400 cheaper than what we were going to do, which is go to Hollywood Studios. And we had a blast. So I call that a win. Um, And the Swan was typical of my experience there. It's fine. It is, I've never had a bad time there. It doesn't have the Disney magic, um, but it's a great place to stay that's convenient. And I mean, it's probably a third of the price of the boardwalk or beach club. So can't complain too much. So next day we went to Epcot. Um, We went to Remy's Ratatouille Adventure first because we were coming in the back entrance by walking from the Swan 
and it is just kind of direct access there to Remy. Um, we went at 8.30, the park opened at 9 for everyone else. So if you're staying at the Swan and Dolphin, you also get early access to the parks like you would if you're staying at a Disney-owned resort. Um, we arrived about 8.35, and honestly, the wait was very short for Remy. The line hadn't built yet. I was a little nervous of the crowds in the park that day, but it was actually not bad at all. I made my first lightning lane for Test Track, which has kind of been my go-to one to use because of how quickly the line builds and how fast those uh, lightning lane reservations go. Um, I vowed to not do a paid individual lightning lane on this trip. I was like, I am not, I'm not going to pay for that. We're just going to see how it goes not doing that. So we were able to join the virtual queue for Guardians of the Galaxy. And we went and did it kind of mid-morning. It was a long wait. I... It hadn't been that long when I had gone before, and I almost thought, God, I wish I had spent the $45 to not wait this long because um, I have, have done the individual Lightning Lane for Guardians before, and it is a far shorter wait, but we toughed it out. It's okay. It was probably 30 minutes. I don't know. It felt longer than that to me. <laughs> Another main thing we wanted to do is check out the Moana attraction. So I don't want to include any spoilers if you haven't been. I just want to tell you that I had pretty low expectations for it, knowing realistically what it was. Just a walkthrough water feature exhibit, but it exceeded my expectations. And my daughter, who's 10 in particular, loved it and asked to go back again before we left the park that day. So uh, as long as you keep your expectations realistic for it, I think you will love it. It does seem out of place in Epcot right now, but I think when they finish the rest of that interior part of what was formerly known as Future World, then it will make more sense in the kind of story of the park at that point. Yeah, a low-cost fun thing that we did at Epcot was the cookie stroll. This is part of Festival of the Holidays, and it works like this. You get a little festival booklet. You can get them anywhere at any of the holiday kitchens, they call them, that are all throughout World Showcase and Future World, for that matter. Um, and at the very back, there's a page where you have spots for stamps. So you're, the goal of the cookie stroll is to eat five different cookies that you can pick up around the booths. They are generally $3 each, and there's a whole assortment that you can pick from. And so we worked our way around World Showcase doing the cookie stroll. So you have to have five of them. So we spent about $15. And then when you're done, you take the completed booklet. Oh, they stamp. I don't know if I said that they stamp the booklet every time you get a cookie. And the stamps are a picture of the cookies. Very cute. And then you take the cookie stroll to the certain booth that's right there at the entrance to World Showcase. Sorry, I don't remember the name of the booth. Take it there and then you get a prize. Now, I didn't know what the prize was. I am going to spoil it and tell you what the prize is. So if you don't want to hear, cover your ears for about 10 seconds. The prize is another cookie. It's a star cookie from the movie Wish and a little mini kind of milkshake chocolate with peppermint and whipped cream on the top in a little souvenir cup that said cookie straw. Okay, I'm done with the spoiler. <laughs> I thought that the experience was wonderful. There were three of us to share the cookies, so we all got to sample each of the cookies. It wasn't a lot of food, though the cookies are generously sized. They are not small. Um, and we overall had a really fun time hunting down the cookies and doing the cookie stroll. So for a total investment of 15 bucks, that was a lot of fun for the three of us to do together. Um, we did not stay at Epcot for the fireworks. This interim show that's going right now is a big bummer. It's like a toned down Epcot forever. I didn't like it. I saw it in September, but it's going to change because there's a new show coming December 5th, Luminous, and I am really excited to see it. I think it will be an excellent show. So checking into Animal Kingdom Lodge, 
I got a notification. The room was ready about 2.20. And I had sent in a room request for a partial Savannah view. And I believe, yes, I linked in the show notes the post on how to do room requests because that's a great way, particularly at Animal Kingdom Lodge, to get kind of more than you pay for because I didn't pay for a Savannah view, but I know there's lots of standard view rooms that have partial Savannah views. So I requested that, which we got. The room was right off the lobby on the fifth floor, which I've never had a room that was right that convenient. And it was cool. It was not loud. I was That was my only concern, but the the door is soundproof to the max. Um, But we did get a handicap accessible room, which meant there were ultra low counters in the kitchen. Not uh, like, I don't know why, but not many towel hooks in the bathroom. And there was no kitchen island with the seating that allows room for a wheelchair to maneuver around. Um, I have stayed in one of those before, but it was an upgrade from a studio. And I thought, well, I wouldn't really like this if I got just assigned this. But you know, for the other things that it was a great location and a savanna view, we saw lots of animals. I thought, meh, it's okay. I'm not going to complain. So um, also though, the setup of the one bedrooms at Jumbo House are not is not the same as those at Kidani Village. And I realized I'd only ever stayed at Kidani Village one bedroom. So what I was expecting was the same setup. And it's not at Jumbo House. There's just one bathroom and it's really just a standard bathroom. There's nothing fancy about it. It's because they retrofitted these hotel rooms to create the villas when they converted them to DVC rooms. So uh, at Kadali Village, you have an extra bathroom. So you have two bathrooms in the one bedroom villa. And then the master bath is huge. And it has like a soaking tub and a walk-in tile shower. This was not that. So for that reason, I probably wouldn't stay there again. You're paying the same amount of money and getting an inferior product. So I would probably stay at Kadani Village going forward. Um, The big reason not to stay there has been food, accessibility to food in the past, but they have really fixed that with offering more food at breakfast particularly. So the next day we went to Magic Kingdom and I made a little mistake because I assumed I almost always go to towards Tomorrowland first thing in the morning. But this time I thought, oh, I want to go over towards Adventureland and do um, maybe Haunted Mansion, a Big Thunder Mountain first, because I was expecting kind of heavy crowds over there. Well, it turns out those are not open for early morning hours, extra hours in the morning. So oops, I had to change the plans a little bit. Um, So that's something to keep in mind. It's just Tomorrowland and um, Fantasyland that are open for the extra half an hour in the morning. Um, One thing about Magic Kingdom was that it was not a party day. So during the holidays, starting from like the second week of November through the holidays, they'll have Magic Kingdom Christmas party, sorry, uh, on four days a week, oftentimes. And that means the park closes early, like six. So when people are planning their trip, they'll oftentimes avoid those days if they don't have a party ticket, because they're going to get more bang for their buck by having longer hours at Magic Kingdom on the other days. It made me nervous because it was not a party day that the crowds would be increased because of it. But I will say the crowd levels were very manageable. It was probably a six out of 10, nothing crazy. So that was good. Um, We did the Tron virtual queue. That was fine. No issues there. Um, And because we were going to leave in the afternoon and come back in the evening, I was able to stack three Lightning Lane reservations for the evening, which is a great thing to do if you're taking a break in the afternoon, because you can come back in the evening and just ride, 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 see fireworks and go. And it's great that you can do that. Um, 
the fireworks were great. <laughs> we, we stood in a place I've never stood in before. And the reason I wanted to stay there, if you're looking at the castle, it's to the right, close to the walkway to Tomorrowland, was that I also hope I'm not going to spoil the fireworks. If you haven't seen the Magic Kingdom fireworks, cover your ears. Tinkerbell flies over from the castle down straight past that path to a building there, um, kind of on Main Street, USA. And I wanted to be right under Tinkerbell. She is my favorite part of the fireworks. So we did that and we had a flyby and I screamed like a child. It was great. Um, so that was a bucket list thing. <laughs> Next day we went to Animal Kingdom. And just a few things about that. Another low cost fun thing we did was take a behind the scenes tour. They call backstage tours at Disney World. And this was called the Caring for Giants tour. It was to learn more about the animal, sorry, the elephants at Animal Kingdom and how they're cared for. And it was kind of touted as get closer to the elephants than you would otherwise. Um, so that didn't really happen. Uh, it's up to the elephants whether they want to come up to the area where you are viewing and they didn't want to that day. However, our tour guide was so knowledgeable and engaging and I felt like I learned so much from him about elephant uh, like care, conservation, um, other animals at Animal Kingdom, how they train the elephants. It was amazing. So like we learned a ton on the trip. You also get to see part of backstage at Disney World. And if you've never done that, it is wild to be behind the scenes like that. You're not allowed to take any pictures back there. Uh, they're very strict about that. And um, like I said, the elephants didn't really want to come over. There was one kind of in the distance, like chewing on a stick, but it was awesome. I would do it again because it was $30 a person, and that was with a Disney Rewards Visa discount. So with that card, if you pay with that card, you get 15% off of all the tours. And so the price went from 39 to 30, and it was, um, I think, a great value for the money. I would recommend it. However, these tours are popular and limited with the number of people who can do it. So they book up 60 days in advance. In fact, I went to book this tour 60 days in advance. It was unavailable. I had to go three days into our trip, which is why we did it on our last full day. And that was the only day that I could find it. So you just, you have to book right when they become available if you want to do a, a tour like that. Um, my only other comment about Animal Kingdom was that we went and had lunch at Satuli Canteen in Pandora, and it was just not very good. I remember it being a lot better, and I think it was probably a lot better in the past. Um, I might adjust my rankings of Animal Kingdom um, quick service food. Um, and also Expedition Everest went down in the afternoon and never came back up. So we didn't get to do it. So that happens sometimes. And, um, for the first time I ever saw a, like a notification pop up in the app with a big apology that I'm so sorry, this ride went down and it's not coming back up. I was like, okay. Um, the thing we did that night was have dinner at Boma, which is the buffet in Animal Kingdom Lodge. Again, we did not have a reservation, but they do take walk-ups, and I was instantly able to get us a table at Boma. In fact, before all the people who were waiting to check in for their reservations, I felt kind of bad. I was like, sorry, but they just called me first, and I went. So um, I love Boma. The food is excellent. However, the price has gotten out of control. It used to be $45 a person for many years. It is now $56 plus tax, which brings it up to $60 a person. I'm sorry. It is not worth that. <laughs> it's just overpriced at this point. Now you do get 10% off with the Disney visa. However, still 
it just seems overpriced to me. I mean, there's, I just don't see any way you could get your money's worth there if you're like a normal human who can eat at the normal human capacity. I just don't see how. Um, so it's going to become like a special occasion thing for me, like California Girl, where I don't go every trip. I wait a couple of years to go back because of the price. Um, and I gave that feedback to Disney when they asked my survey for about the trip. I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't know why this costs this much. Um, so our last day, we had a really relaxed morning. We did a lot of the activities at Animal Kingdom Lodge. There is an activity center with free crafts for kids. They're awesome there. Um, they do bead activities around the resort. You can collect up to eight different beads by doing kind of educational activities at the resort. You can go to the Animal Overlook. We talked with a cultural ambassador from Africa for a long time. It was great. We Ubered to the airport about 1230 we went early because we wanted to check out this new lounge and the new terminal at the Orlando airport. So this is Terminal C. It's mostly international flights and JetBlue. And um, we get free access to this lounge from a credit card. And I am working on a new course. I'm very excited about it. It will be coming out in 2024. It is about how I managed to fly for free with points and miles almost all the time and get access to lounges for free and lots more. So just be on my email list if you want to get notified for when this course comes out. I put a link in the show notes where you can sign up or you can just go to thebudgetmouse.com slash newsletter. So we flew to and from Orlando on Delta totally for free using the points and miles that I accumulate from this hobby I've had for 12 years now. <laughs> and um, I can't wait to share it with you in the new course. So thanks so much for listening and have a magical day.